0: Hello and welcome to a Brave Space podcast with Dr. Katherine Meeks, the Executive Director of the Absalom Jones Episcopal Center for Racial Healing. I'm your host, Chelsea Glasgow, and this is a very special episode in which we're gonna have a conversation. On race with youth. We know that our youth are most important because they are truly our future. And so we want them to be able to have these conversations and get involved with the topic of race. Now, Dr. Meeks, you have a story that I love um, that you tell, and it's about when you were a little girl and how you first encountered. and identify your passion about race relations in America. Can you tell us about that?
1: Well, I wasn't that little, but okay. I was—I was young. Uh, I was actually a teen, I guess. And I lived in Arkansas, grew up in segregated society. And my, when we would go to the doctor, and I would—we um, had separate waiting rooms, and I was nobody told me that I should do anything about that. But there was just something in me that resisted that separation. And the fact that our waiting room was this dark, uh, poorly lit hallway with a bunch of chairs and a straight line. And then I could see around mm-hmm. the corner into the white waiting, waiting room that was well lit with magazines and it was really a nice place. So my little girl of effort to resist the message that was being sent to me was that I would never sit down. I would never sit down in that room, in that space that had been designated for us. And I didn't know at the time, because I was just a kid, that I was starting my resistance to the narrative of you're inferior and whatever you get is what you deserve and you can't be all that stuff that's negative. I didn't realize that's what I was doing, but that was what I was doing. I was resisting already. And my mom didn't know what I was doing either. She just thought I didn't want to sit down because I never talked about it. There was never any conversation. There was just this, this this place is not welcoming and I'm not going to participate in this.
0: And it seems like from that moment on, I mean, Dr. Meeks, you have done some amazing things um, around the topic of racial healing and reconciliation. And you started that as a young woman. Now, do you think that our youth today need to be involved in this conversation and healing the community as well?
1: Well, I think that we need to do youth a favor and tell them the truth mm-hmm. about the history of this country. We we want them to exist and do things without knowing the truth. And, and we can't keep Holding that that out from them, and I th- I think that young people know better that there's something in them that says they they want to treat people equal. They want to do they want to see the world be a different and better place. Many many of them, and we need to support that by uh, telling them the truth. So we need to do we need to redo how we do education mm. so that young people can really learn. The historical truth that as best we can piece it together, we need to be encouraging them in their creativity and imagination because they do have a lot of creativity and imagination and energy and and the youth that I have encountered just warm my heart because they they are passionate and they're compassionate and they're smart and and if we would support them and encourage them, we don't know what we might get. And the, mm-hmm. the, the fact of the matter is that that's probably probably part of the reason why we don't encourage them, because we don't want to lose control. But they need to be allowed to, to go on their path in the ways that that fit them for with and fit their energy.
0: Yeah. So why would you say that it's important for you to even be doing this work? What? What contributions have you seen, or what conversations are the conversations different when you sit and talk to these youth about their ideas um on how to resist well racial-
1: i i I think young people want the, they have they 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 look at us they look at the older generations and this this is from children all the way up to young adults and they they don't like what they see because they hear us talking about loving and faith and all that. And then they see us acting like we don't even know that each other is human and they don't like it. Now I think that's one thing children, children will just be true to who they are. And I think young people are more willing to be true to who they are. So it's important for us to uh, support that because if we want to have a, uh, a citizenry that's made up of honest people that are authentic, we need to let them keep practicing instead of trying to teach them to become people that support an indefensible system and to teach them to be inauthentic. Because that's what we're doing when we try to tell them you can't think that way. You have Mm -hmm. children that want to think about everybody being liberated but the message is liberation doesn't work here well then you're trying to teach them teach them to be something other than who they really want to be so we need to be trying to help them become who they really can be and if we want to destroy the system of oppression which we don't want to do <laughs> but we but has to happen and will happen eventually then young people need to be allowed to be different because it's going to take people being different in order for the system to change. Mm. And young folks are the our best chance at that. But what we do is we teach them, we train them to become supporters of the system and we need to quit doing that.
0: Yeah. Now I remember being younger and seeing, um, so many disparities within my own community uh, and I felt like I had to wait until I was 21 Mm. in order for me to vote you know Mm -hmm. I felt like um, excuse me 18 Uh, I felt like I had to be a certain age Mm -hmm. in order to make an impact in my community what do you say that youth can do right now Before they even hit eighteen, what can they do? What are their resources in order to impact change?
1: It's so it's so funny. As you were asking me that, I'm thinking about the children that I've seen that have decided to to fix something. You know, Mm -hmm. a little girl starts a library, or a little boy. There's a little boy. I can't remember his name, but he's a little reporter. (laughs) So he, you know, so there's no age. I mean, even little little. Elementary uh, kindergarten age children have something in them that can be touched by the spirit of compassion and and goodness, and they need to be trained and encouraged to to offer that, to give that, to be whatever gift you can be. There is no age limit on hearing the call to stand up and make a difference. and everybody can make some kind of difference somewhere if it's just about being generous to some little person sitting beside you in the classroom. So I think we should be encouraging uh, every age group to have a, a mentality of compassion and generosity
0: mm.
1: in, terms of, in terms of race, mm-hmm. in terms of everything. So uh, and teaching them, we should be teaching every age group that everybody is equal in God's eyesight. Yeah. And if you have that sense of everybody's equal in God's eyesight and I want to be generous and and the and children are encouraged to listen to their hearts, we would see a difference in this country in a few generations.
0: That's right. I think when you start talking about um, understanding that everyone has been created by God mm-hmm. and everyone deserves that to to experience God's love. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. And so when we start talking about that, it makes me think of beloved community. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about what is that? What is becoming beloved community? How do we become beloved community as God intended us to be?
1: Well, unfortunately, I don't think that I think we talk about a lot of things we really don't want to become mm. because I don't think we have totally of. Uh, Uh, allowed ourselves to understand what it means to be willing to be beloved community. If we are willing for that to happen, then we've got to be willing to have equality. We've got to be willing to get well in terms of our racial woundedness. So I'm always a little uh, anxious when I hear us in the church talking about becoming beloved community. And I want to just stop right there and say, well, what does that really mean to you? Mm -hmm. Because it, it means that you don't get to stay on your little power trip. It means that you don't get to have some people that are more important than other people. It means that there is a level playing field. It means that you're willing to open these church doors and let the homeless come in here and sleep at night. But that's not where we are. So I want people to really think about that when Jesus talked about who we were supposed to be, it was about laying your life down for your sister and your brother. That's mm-hmm. beloved community that you that I'm willing to, to I'm willing to go the extra mile with you. I'm willing to make a sacrifice. I'm willing to be inconvenienced by you. I'm willing to be more than tolerant. I'm willing to be accepting. I'm willing to share. I'm willing to give you this shirt if if you really need it, because I've got two. So that for me that's beloved community. I want you to have justice and equity in this world. It's not good enough for me to have it. I want you to have it too. And and we have a long ways to go to get there. It is a great vision and we have to be we have to struggle with it. We have to keep holding it up and I and I I'm I'm glad we're doing it, but I just think that I'm just so, I'm just so committed to the notion that we need to grow up. And and be uh, acting like we are serious about things and not just saying words because they sound good. So Mm -hmm. I want when we talk to to young people about becoming beloved community, I want them to be able to see that we really mean it. And if we want to ask them to work toward trying to help us achieve that, they'll come closer to doing it than we will because they're less committed to the status quo. And we won't like it when they do it. So we adults have to be ready to let it happen in order for it to happen. And I think that the young folks will push us forward like they're doing with on the gun issue, on climate. I, I think in the church, I'm ready for young people to become radicals like jesus
0: amen amen like we all should be that's right like we all should be as followers of christ that's right well thank you so much dr meeks for sharing um these empowering tips tools and educating us about how we can be role models for our children and also how our children are our biggest advocates because again they are our future well to all our To all of our listeners out there, I hope that you have been encouraged um, by the wisdom from Dr. Meeks encouraged to not only be educated, to get educated about some issues that are going on in the community, but to also create intentional solutions and to execute those solutions. Again, this has been a Brave Space podcast with Dr. Catherine Meeks. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to continue this conversation, please visit us on Facebook um, under Dr. Catherine Meeks or on our website at www.centerforracialhealing.com. Until next time, remember to always tell the truth.